Good morning, friends. It is good to be with you and to see those beautiful Christmas sweaters out there. I know some of us missed the memo. Maybe you look a little more beautiful than, than we do in these fancy, fancy things. Uh, well, friends, we are in an Advent series called The Gift. This is the first Sunday of Advent, and we lit the candle of hope earlier, and I love seeing how big this flame is. God is with us. And last week, Pastor Becca asked us a question that helped us prepare and, and set our sights on what Advent looks like. Who is God sending you to Advent with this season? Advent is a season of anticipation as we look forward with hope, joy, peace, love, the love that Jesus brings. We do have Advent devotionals at the back on the welcome counter for adults and for families over at the children's welcome area if you need an Advent devotional that will help guide you through this season. Now, I know we could also really get caught up in the phenomenon of Christmas, but Advent invites us to slow down. It runs parallel to to the cultural Christmas, but it's different. It invites us to notice one another, to notice the work of God through one another and through us. In contrast, Christmas invites us to hurry towards a date on the calendar, that cultural Christmas. Now, as a kid, I did love Christmas. Kids, who's ready for Christmas? Some of you are still here. Oh, yes, the hands shot up so fast. And I see adults, too. Yes, we're all kids at heart. We are ready for that. I love getting my tree up. Who has their tree up? Who has their house all decorated? Oh, so good. Love it. Now, I love the anticipation of seeing the gifts, seeing Santa. I loved this as a kid. The sparkling and the twinkling lights, gathering with family. The hope of all the gifts. J.C. Penny catalog, right? Sears catalog. Who used to go through that and circle things or put stickers on it? Yeah, yeah. Dating myself there a little bit. Or commercials during Saturday morning cartoons. That was my jam as well. I need that. I need that. Oh, Christmas morning routine. Waking up to all of the gifts out there in our family. We had to go make coffee for mom and dad and we could open our stockings and then we had to wait for all the gifts. But once that started all the unwrapping, sometimes we were unwrapping so fast we kind of like missed what it actually was to go on and rip open the next thing, right? Totally missed the gift. As a parent, when my kids were young, it was a stressful season of life, decorating the house, but not too much. All the school Christmas parties, all the moms, like totally trying to outdo one another before Pinterest boards were Pinterest, right? Budgeting for all the gifts for family and the kids. We'd use a layaway plan. Remember that at the good old Kmart? So we'd get those out like on Christmas Eve, which meant Christmas Eve, I was the one wrapping, cleaning the house for the next day, all the baking. I'd be up till 2 a.m. So by Christmas morning, it felt like I had just finished some magical sprint that left me breathless and worn out and exhausted. When my kids were a little bit older, my gaze started to shift. I discovered the intentional slowing of Advent, the beauty of it, looking for God in hope, Peace, joy, and love, and appreciating the struggles of the time, but I could wait in fulfillment of God's promises, and I could still trust him, that he was faithful to his promises, and trust the wonder of the nativity story, and my growing anticipation of God's work 
in my life. Now, I wonder if you find yourself in some of those descriptions. The magical hurry, feeling worn out in that sprint towards Christmas, maybe with an empty bank account at the end of the month. Or maybe you're in a season of struggle, wondering where God is. Or a space of waiting on God's promises, crying out, how long, oh Lord, how long? Or perhaps you're in a season of trusting that he's going to move and watching with anticipation of how he's going to show up. Well, today I want to step into this first Sunday of Advent and explore this space of struggle, of waiting, of trusting, of looking towards hope. And I want to explore that through the story of Zechariah. This was Elizabeth's husband, father of John the Baptist, and we're going to explore this together as we look towards hope. So will you pray with me? Father God, as we listen to you, as we hear your voice and read your words, open our hearts, open our minds, that we might set aside distractions of culture that pull us away from you, and may we lean into you and the goodness that you have for us. Holy Spirit, speak today through your words. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So friends, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. So open your Bible if you have that with you. Um, We'll also have that on the screen here. But we're going to be dancing around in the Bible today. So even if you have a Bible app, go ahead and open that up as we listen to today's scripture. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Am I and I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell the people this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. The word of the Lord. Now, a little context here. This is the opening of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is the opening. And at the close of the Old Testament, we see the kingdom divided, the people scattered, people following their own ways. In Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, people were doubting God's love. Israel was breaking the the covenants and not following God. Malachi 3.13 says, You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? I mean, they were oblivious. Kids, we saw this in our last series in Kings and Prophets. We saw how people turned to idols and worshipped other people other than God. And then he was silent. God was silent. He didn't speak through a prophet. 
He didn't speak through a revelation for 420 years. He was silent. If you were in that time, where would you place your hope? Now, there's historical literature during this time. We can see the kingdoms moving around in political power. And uh, historians have said hope was attainable through three strategies during that time. People could assimilate to the Gentile world. They could turn to those idols and blend in with culture. They could seek political independence and autonomy, trying to fight for their own kingdom, their own nation. Or they could look towards spiritual renewal and purification. There was this faithful remnant. And as we come to this time, the opening of the New Testament, Zechariah was part of that. And in that, people placed their hope in God that it was only going to be through his divine intervention that hope would be restored, that God would bring his promises to pass. And the role of the community was to simply keep faith. Keep faith to God through diligent observance of God's law. So we look to this faithful remnant. And in Zechariah, I think there's some things here that we can relate to that he went through. And I wonder as we explore this, if we might find ourselves in these same places. So first, I want to look at the hope that Zechariah found in his struggle. Luke 1, 5 through 6, in the beginning... In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron, that family tree there. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So Zechariah was part of this faithful remnant. He was a priest. He remained hopeful. But can you imagine the struggle of these faithful people holding on to hope even while God is silent? Holding on. In faith, he served as a priest to God. In faith, he still hoped that one day they would have a child, even in their old age. In faith, he went into the temple to burn incense and pray on behalf of the community. And then, while he was there, in verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he was startled and gripped with fear. But in verses 18 through 20, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell the people good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. How can I be sure of this, he asked. Have you ever felt that way? Are you sure you say who you are, an angel from God, when you've been silent all this time? And we're going to have a baby in our old age. What? Where do we identify? Do we hear something that we think is from God, but we say, was that you, God? Was that really you? Or am I listening to my own thoughts? Or do you find yourself in an unplanned space of life? God, me? You're putting me through this? I've been faithful? Zechariah was silenced. 
Do we ask God and challenge me through a job loss, through an illness, or maybe an unexpected blessing? Really? Can I trust this? Is this real? Is this from you, God? It can be scary to hope. God, here's my dream, my hope. Is it in alignment with you? Am I following my own ways or following culture? How do I trust I'm following you? In our struggle, though, we come back to God and to scripture and we find our grounding and our hope. Psalm 142.3 says, When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over me. Romans 8.24, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Hope can feel future-oriented, something we put off. And sometimes there's a discrepancy between our reality and what we hope for. In hope, there is struggle. And the struggle often leads to a season of waiting. Back to Luke 20, verses, verse, chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Zechariah was forced into a season of waiting. His voice was literally, literally silenced. And we see Elizabeth become pregnant. And babies, babies take a time to bake, right? They take a little time in the womb. In scripture, we also see that Mary became pregnant with the Messiah. She came to visit Elizabeth. Verse 41 says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Mary actually stayed with Elizabeth and Zechariah for about three months. Now I wonder, what was Zechariah doing during this season? He was a first-hand witness to God speaking after 400 years. He was a first-hand witness and he could say nothing. Gabriel appeared to him. He was seeing prophecy come to life right in front of him and he could say Nothing. Have you been in that hard and holy space of waiting? Maybe God has promised a restoration of health, but in the treatment, there's waiting. Maybe a promise of restored relationship, but there's ongoing work of reconciliation. Maybe the promise of a different job, but there's learning and study and experience to be gained. The waiting points us to hope, and we wait in faith. We continue to seek scripture. We continue to come in community. We continue to pray together day by day. Our waiting is active. It is not passive. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, when I was afraid... I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And again, back to Romans 8, 24 and adding 25. 
For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? That waiting. But if hope, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Zechariah showed hope in his trusting. And we can see that in our trusting. Zechariah struggled and he waited and ultimately he trusted. Elizabeth gave birth and it came time on the eighth day for circumcision and to name him. And everyone thought the baby would be named after his father. But Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. And the people were confused and they looked to Zechariah who had been silent and he took this tablet. Uh, It says in 62 and 64 through 64, then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet to everyone's astonishment. He wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free and he began to speak praising God. His response could have been angry. God, why did you do this to me all this time? Why? He could have played the victim. I had to endure all of this horribleness while you were at work and I couldn't say a thing. He could have turned from God. God, if you really love me, you would not have put me through this. Do we ever respond in these ways? Zechariah chose to praise God. There's a whole song, Luke 1, 67 through 80, but listen to verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Some of the first words when he can speak again. This faithful remnant who struggled and waited in hope, in a hope they weren't sure they would ever see. Praise be to the Lord, God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed us. Hope is more than just an aspirational statement. We cling to God and the the promises he fulfilled in Jesus We may struggle, and that's okay, because we bring it to God. We wait on his guidance and direction, but we take steps in an active faith. We trust his provision, his guidance. He has a plan for us that's part of his larger kingdom. Just in Zechariah's story, God was at work in a grander narrative. Kids, even as we heard today, it goes back to the beginning and part of the blessing and promise to Abraham, a bigger picture than just the opening passages of the New Testament. God has been at work and he declared a promise that he would send his son Jesus and he still promises that Jesus will return. We struggle in hope. We wait in hope. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Friends, God is at work in your story too. You are part of his grand narrative, part of that big God story. He loves you so much. And we can lean into him for hope. As I was preparing this and reading through so many different things, I came across this prayer. I just want to read it for you. 
This image is actually of Zechariah and Elizabeth. So many of the nativity story pictures we see Joseph and Mary. But you can choose to to look at the image or, or close your eyes and listen to this prayer that comes from Jesus Listens for Advent and Christmas by Sarah Young. During this Advent season, I am waiting for you with hope in my heart. Through reading your word, I've seen that waiting, trusting, and hoping are intricately connected like golden strands woven together to form a strong chain. I think of trusting as the central strand because this attitude is taught so frequently throughout the Bible. Waiting and hoping embellish the central strand and strengthen the chain that connects me to you. Waiting for you to work with my eyes fixed on you shows that I really do trust you. But if I simply mouth the words, I trust you, while anxiously trying to make things go my way, my words ring hollow. Hoping is future-directed, connecting me to my glorious inheritance in heaven. However, as you have shown me, the benefits of hope fall fully on me in the present Because I belong to you. I don't just pass time in my waiting. I can wait expectantly in hopeful trust. Please help me stay alert so I can pick up even the faintest glimmer of your presence. The beginning of Zechariah's story may have felt like all hope was absolutely lost. But Jesus... Jesus not only restored hope then, he still restores hope now. Friends, we have this hope that is like an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Let us not rush to the nativity. Let us not rush to the finish line of Christmas Day, missing the gifts found in the struggling, the waiting, the trusting God. Let us not miss the gift of Jesus. Instead, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? Father God, we are so grateful for the ways that you move and the promises that you have made. God, they started so long ago and we can see through scripture again and again how people, how you called people to yourself. And we can see the story of Zechariah, how you began to unfold your promise, the gift of Jesus. So as we celebrate this season, let us look to you, the author and perfecter of our, our faith, the one in whom we can have hope. And may we continue to hold hope for the day of Christ's return, knowing that in the waiting there is struggle, but we trust you. Jesus, we come to you. Be with us in our own struggle. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.